Good morning again, and a big happy Easter to everyone watching and listening. And yeah, it's a strange one, but we all come in celebration. As you heard earlier, we all miss seeing each and every one of your bright faces here this Easter morning. From this morning's gospel, she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. With that simple turn, Mary Magdalene's darkness turned into the brightest brights. Her entire life pivoted on that turn, that realization, that word, Rabboni. Just as Easter brightens the darkness of Lent, just as our gathering today releases us from the anxiety, even if only briefly. I've said before how much I love that in all the gospel accounts, women are the first to see the resurrected Christ. Centuries of mansplaining hasn't been able to erase that fact. And Mary Magdalene is especially pointed that she's often seen as an outsider. In Mark and Luke's gospels, they had the unhelpful descriptor for her from whom Jesus had cast out seven demons in their introductions. But she's the first to see the resurrected Jesus, boys. So chew on that. And unlike John's methodical description of Jesus' trial, torture, crucifixion, and burial, which we heard read communally here on Good Friday, his description of the resurrection is, is less specific and, and certainly a lot more frenetic. There's a lot of running, including the boys will be boys race of Peter and the beloved disciple to the tomb. The beloved disciple when doesn't go in the empty tomb. Peter goes in and sees the linen used to wrap Jesus' face. The beloved disciple sees this and we're told believes. So the one-upmanship keeps going. But the rest of the scene is devoted to Mary. She's weeping, which reminds us of Jesus weeping at the news of his friend Lazarus's death. Not even a pair of angels can relieve her pain. She's near panic, searching for Jesus' body. Had it been stolen? A final disgrace heaped upon the bigger disgrace of the crucifixion? Then he speaks her name, Mary, and she turns, and she sees, and her world brightens immediately. Now it's not clear what she does then. Does she reach out to him, or does she bend down at his feet, but, but he prevents her from holding on. He's yet to ascend to the Father. He's very specific that he'll ascend to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. In these acts of the passion and the resurrection, Mary and the disciples and the rest of us have been adopted into the special relationship of God the Father and God the Son. We've gained a very special into this eternal relationship. We are adopted. We are children by adoption of God. Now normally our church would be just a little more full than usual this morning. Some latecomers might even have to squeeze in a little tighter or watch from the balcony. It's interesting when you think about it, the, the two times that the church is most full is when we celebrate a virgin birth on Christmas and a bodily resurrection today, Easter. The two days with the deepest mystery are the ones that attract the biggest crowds. United Church of Christ minister Martin Copenhaver has written that he wonders if Quote, Easter is the advanced course for Christians to be undertaken only after completing the intro course 
that deals with the life, with Jesus' life and teachings, end quote. Now with this lens, you would expect that only a few people gathered on Easter morning, if we actually could get a, not a capacity crowd like we normally have. Today we celebrate the very thing that is most difficult to believe, or maybe not believe, but confirm. And it's the central tenet of our faith, and the one most open to doubt. Not a place where you'd expect the occasional churchgoer, but I like to think that our God is big enough for that. God expands into the places where the mystery is greatest and invites us to come along. Again, Copenhagen suggests that, quote, Easter is not the dramatic conclusion to the story for those who can follow it that far. Rather, Easter And while we don't start a liturgical calendar after Easter, that happens in Advent. It does represent a new beginning. We put on our white vestments. We celebrate baptisms, new births. The Apostle Paul never mentions the specific of Jesus' lives, only his resurrection. The earlier sermons centered, like those we will hear in Acts in the coming weeks during Easter season, those sermons were about the resurrection. It was the central thing that made this motley group of Jews and Gentiles stand out from the myriad religions of the ancient Near East. Its prophet hadn't just lived a life worth following, but overcame death and opened the doors for everyone to conquer death. And it changed the world and it changes us. It's traditional to have a baptism on Easter. Lent would be used for education to the Christian life and baptism symbolizes, even sacramentalizes the death and resurrection of Christ. We join with Christ in a new birth in water and the Holy Spirit, and our sins are forgiven. In a few minutes, we'll renew our baptismal vows and reaffirm our beliefs and commit our actions. And we'll again ask for forgiveness, and we know we'll receive forgiveness. Today's short New Testament reading from Colossians affirms a life after baptism. We're told that we have died and our life is hidden with Christ in God. And I really like that word, hidden, hidden with life, hidden in Christ with God. Because it implies protection, safety. We're safely out of sight of danger, out of sight of evil. For the writer of Colossians, resurrection is a part of our current experience, not some hope for a future event. And we are already safely hidden with Christ. We're told to seek the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. And this isn't a call to a simple dualistic sort of spirit is good, flesh is bad, so forget everything earthly worldview. No, it's not that. It's quite the opposite. It's a reminder to focus, put our attention on the things that are above with Christ. And the earthly things will be put in the right perspective. And no matter how dark things seem out there, and we've all pointed out over the past weeks that they do seem pretty dark, we are safely hidden with Christ, and the darkness disappears, and we begin to see the light Easter morning. Today is our chance to hear our name, to turn. We cry out, we're and fall to our knees. Our chance to see again the light in the darkness, our chance to once again conquer death. Then we do as Mary Magdalene did. 
We run back and we tell them, I have seen the Lord. And we live into the fullness of a life this side of the resurrection, this side of Easter morning. Amen.